In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. Kids here in the United States grow up reciting the Pledge of Allegiance at school. And before long, they have it memorized such that you could ask just about any adult on the street to say the pledge, and he or she would be able to do so. The same thing was true for ancient Hebrews when it came to our first reading. An excerpt of our first reading from the book of Deuteronomy is called the Shema Prayer, from the Hebrew word for listen. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. This prayer and the verses that follow would be said by all males, twelve and older, twice a day, once at dawn and once before going to sleep. In fact, many Jews still say this prayer today. But believe it or not, there's some ambiguity when it comes to the words of the Shema prayer. It all centers around the Hebrew word echad. In the sentence, as it follows the divine name of God, it could mean either that the Lord God is one, or it could mean that the Lord only is God. The first option emphasizes God's singular nature, while the second shows Israel ought to show devotion only to the Lord God and not other gods. It could be read both ways, but our translation at Mass opts for the second option. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. As a reminder of our backdrop for the first reading, the book of Deuteronomy is sort of like Moses' farewell speech to his children before they head off for college and never call him again. The Israelites are about to enter the promised land, and he wants to make sure that they continue to be mindful of the law they've received. We're still hearing from the homily to the Hebrew Christians in our second reading, and surprise, surprise, the homilist is still talking about how Jesus is the great high priest. Here, he's making a contrast between the high priests of old and Jesus, mainly that each high priest fell short of his role because, one, he eventually died, and two, he was a sinner. Josephus, the famous Jewish historian, says that there were 83 total high priests in the life of Israel, beginning with Aaron and continuing until the temple was destroyed around 70 AD. All of them, quote, were prevented by death from remaining in office, says the homilist. But Jesus, because he remains forever, has a priesthood that does not pass away. Furthermore, the homilist shows how Jesus is especially unique as high priest because he is both the priest and the sacrifice. Or, in other words, he is both the one offering the sacrifice and the sacrifice offered itself. His sacrifice on the cross is once and forever. And that's what makes him the great high priest. After hearing about Bartimaeus in last weekend's gospel, we jump forward practically two whole chapters in Mark for this weekend's passage. But what we've jumped past is important. In Mark chapters 11 and 12, Jesus is in Jerusalem after his triumphant Palm Sunday entrance and he engages in debate with a number of different groups, chief priests, scribes, elders, Pharisees, Sadducees, and Herodians. The very end of this sort of debate night with Jesus is our excerpt at Mass. A scribe sees how Jesus has responded well to these questions and asks, which is the first of all the commandments? Some backstory here. By Jesus' time, rabbis had extrapolated the Ten Commandments to pull out 613 commandments from the Torah. And you'll notice how 6 plus 1 plus 3 equals 10. Like a high schooler who didn't do his summer reading, Jews at the time of Jesus were always trying to find the spark notes to the Torah. Could there be just one commandment that I have to learn that summarizes all the others? It was a huge debate in Jesus' day, and that's the debate this scribe wants him to enter into. In fact, there's a story told in the Talmud, a famous piece of Hebrew literature, about a Gentile who approaches a contemporary rabbi in Jesus' time and says to him in so many words, I'll take up the Jewish way of life if you can synthesize the whole Torah while I stand on one foot. 
This teacher named Hillel responded like this, What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. That is the whole Torah, while the rest is commentary. Go and learn it. Being asked this question himself, Jesus responds with two commandments, the Shema, which we have as our first reading, and a passage from Leviticus about loving one's neighbor as oneself. Now, listing the Shema as the greatest commandment probably wasn't all that revolutionary or innovative, but there may be some novelty in that Jesus adds the love of neighbor to this command to love God. We don't have any documents before Jesus that conflate these two commandments into one. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year B. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.